So now you, you, you talk about turning it into a triple win. Uh, and that this, this is a hard thing to do. How, how do tenants win uh, in, in terms of a triple win? But you did that through a policy shift uh, that not only provided a win for you and for the landlord, uh, but also for the tenants. Tell us a little bit about how you changed things as a result of this situation and how that has, has been a, a win for all three entities. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is a special edition of Triple Win Live. If you don't know me, my name is Laura McMahon. I'm on the Second Nature team. I work as an event coordinator and work around Triple Win. So today it is going to be my pleasure to introduce a very special guest and a very important topic. And before I bring Phil up, um, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone here for your time. Our goal uh, over the next hour is going to be pro uh, to provide you with the massive value and connect you with insights from your peers and fellow industry leaders. As Andrew likes to say, we take many things lightly and your time is certainly not one of them. So thank you for being here today. And without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce our first ever triple win celebrity host, Phil Owen. Um, and he is here today to share some stories and triple wins from some awesome property managers around property awareness. Um, so Onsite Pros is a property awareness company, which you'll learn more about what that means. So Phil, for many reasons, was our first choice to speak about this space and this topic. So Phil, I want to thank you for being here, your generosity and, and your time and your thoughts. Um, and Phil is an on-site pros. Um, just real quick, you guys are your kindred spirits to second nature. And I personally have so enjoyed getting to know you over the years. You are generous. You are heart-led. You have massive passion, passion for the industry, developing others, learning. Um, you're truly just a joy to be around and you put people at ease the minute they meet you. So if you don't know Phil yet, it is my absolute honor to introduce him to you today. And Phil, with that, I'll invite you to take it away. Well, thanks so much, uh, Laura. And we feel very much uh, the same about uh, our friends at Second Nature and uh, appreciate you guys uh, allowing me the uh, opportunity to host. And, and thanks for promoting me as a celebrity host. Uh, that the impact to my ego uh, was enormous, and uh, my wife uh, will will never be able to get past. Uh, I just keep reminding her, "Well, dear, I'm a celebrity, so I, I have I have different privileges now." Uh, so, um, well, today we're going to talk about uh, winning through property awareness and triple winning through property awareness. So, what is what is property awareness? Let's 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 start with that. Uh, property awareness is exactly what it sounds like. It's being aware of what's happening at your properties uh, through whatever means, uh, whether you use a third party like on-site pros or whether you send uh, your own team to the property or however you maintain that. Uh, being able to maintain a high level of property awareness is, is one of the huge things uh, that we do in this industry uh, that you do for your clients. Um, so often, when we talk about the topic of property awareness, we, we do it framing it in terms of property awareness failures. Uh, 
the things that go wrong, right? The 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 meth houses or uh, you know the the fires that happen or just all the crazy things uh, that that go wrong through a failure of property awareness. But that's not the second nature ethos. That's not the triple win ethos. Uh, this this doesn't exist. The triple win live uh, podcast is not built around. Uh, a culture of failures, but a culture of successes. Uh, it's not built around losing, but winning and doing so uh, in, in the triple win fashion. Uh, so because this podcast is designed to be aspirational, uh, we're not going to allow ourselves to focus today in our storytelling uh, on the negative. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about triple wins in property awareness. Uh, how does property awareness that allow you to create wins for the tenant, for your property management company, for the landlord or investor. Um, and, you know, second nature and, and the triple win mindset are all about separating uh, professional property managers from do-it-yourselfers or uh, a real estate agent with a portfolio. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about how do we elevate property management, the profession of property management to be a truly professional entity. So today we're, we're going to avoid the doom and gloom. Uh, there are plenty of salacious stories. I'm sure you've all heard them. Uh, you've probably experienced them or at least laid awake at night, uh, staring at the ceiling, waiting on your opportunity to experience them. Uh, and that day will come. Uh, but today we're going to expo be exploring uh, stories of a property awareness gone right. How have property managers effectively used property awareness to create wins for investors themselves and sometimes even residents, even though oftentimes residents uh, are, are kind of on the losing end uh, of, of the property awareness component? Uh, we're going to hear some stories today about how there have been true triple wins uh, in property awareness. Um, specifically, we're going to talk today about how great property awareness can help property management professionals be proactive, not reactive. Uh, and so to do that, to that end, we're going to be introducing you to some of the very best uh, of the best in the industry uh, that you can hear some great stories about winning through property awareness. Um, and we're just going to have story time for a few minutes here. Uh, and, and we're going to invite some friends up to, to uh, we'll light the Christmas fire uh, and sit around with our chestnuts. And, uh, and we're just going to tell some, some triple winning property awareness stories today. Um, at the conclusion of story time, uh, we want to invite those of you who are in attendance. I, I, I'm looking at the list of names and I'm like, I just want to be with all of these people, uh, like just some incredible uh, people and property managers in this room. Uh, and we want to invite you to come and share some stories of your own, uh, whether they be wins or failures. Uh, there can be some great and fun stories that I'm sure uh, with the people in this room, uh, you guys have got uh, a great list of all of those. Um, so listen to these stories and let it perhaps remind you of some of your own uh, winning or losing property awareness stories. And we would love to, to hear from you uh, towards the conclusion of uh, the event today. So I want to start uh, with one of my very good friends in this industry. Uh, she is from Atlanta, Georgia. She is a fourth generational uh, property manager. She's been in property management since 2010. Uh, a trained actor and educator with a bachelor's degree in theater. Uh, she's got her CPM from IRAM and her MPM uh, and RPM from NARPM. 
she volunteers with multiple committees uh, through NARPM at local and national levels, and is currently the on the board of, uh, serving as a, a member of the board of directors with the Atlanta chapter of NARPM, as well as being an ambassador for the southeastern region. Uh, help me welcome uh, Bess Wozniak. Bess, uh, come up. Uh, Bess, it is always so good to see you. And um, I can tell you, spending time with you and your dad and, and the whole team at uh, McCreary Realty uh, is always so much fun. And you guys uh, always have such great stories. Uh, perhaps uh, that's tied to your, your your theatrical background. I don't know. Is, is that... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so, we're, we're natural storytellers. That's fair. That's fair. So now you have a story uh, about using property awareness uh, to be a proactive property manager. And had everything gone according to plan, this would have been a triple win. Uh, but, but things didn't go according to plan in your story, did they? No, they did not. Yeah, well, so well, tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah, so we, um, several years back, probably about seven years or, or so ago, we had a string of water heaters that were starting to fail. And um, it was at various properties. And we got with our plumber, who we've worked with for decades, and said, what's going on? Why are all these water heaters failing? He said, well, they're they're just aging out. Um, and water heaters nowadays are only lasting between 10 and 12 years. And we said, all right, we're, we're implementing a policy if it's between that 10 and 12 year mark, we are requiring that the tenant or the uh, owners uh, replace the water heaters. And um, so we started at our annual property condition reviews, looking at the water heater labels and looking up the age of water heaters. Sometimes it's really obvious on those labels. Sometimes it's not. You have to do research with the serial number, um, but you can pretty easily find it with Google. Google's our friend. Um, and uh, and we had our property condition review done uh, by actually on-site pros. We had just started partnering with you guys at the time. And you took a picture of the label. We looked it up. We said, oh, it is like right past the 10-year mark. So it's just over 10 years old. And we said to the owner, here's a quote to replace it. This is why we recommend replacing it uh, to prevent further damage to your property and further costs. This is a preventative maintenance item. And, uh, and they said, okay, we definitely understand the reasoning behind it. Can we wait about six months? I don't remember why the reason that they wanted to wait six months, but they wanted to wait six months. And I said, well, that's still within the 10 to 12 year time frame. So I guess so we can, we can go ahead and wait, just letting you know, it's not on us. If it bottoms out, well, sure enough, three months later, it bottomed out, flooded the, and luckily this one was inside a garage, not actually inside the home, but it flooded the entire garage and actually did cause some damage into the kitchen and laundry room that backed up to it. Uh, lots of um, flooring had to be replaced, <clears throat> pardon me, baseboards, drywall, plus all of the uh, water mitigation. So it was additional cost. It ended up costing them around $6,000 when it would have just cost them about twelve to $1,500 to replace the water heater. Um, and, and they did call me up and said, well, I guess I should have listened to you. And uh, the good thing about it, though, is anytime I have pushback from an owner, now is I tell them that story. I say, I mean, you can wait, but you're putting your property and your wallet at risk. Um, and also it inconveniences the tenants at that time. So, so I'm, most I'm, I'm owners make don't an push educated, back now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make an educated guess here. Uh, that owner 
has probably never deferred recommended maintenance uh, after that time. Is that is that fair? They have not. And they've they're still with us. Um, they originally were an accidental investor. They didn't plan to be a landlord. And uh, they are still with us today. And they could have sold multiple times, but they are actually enjoying being an investor now. So the beauty of that is, it, and sorry, there's a, a siren going by my office right now. Uh, but the beauty of that is uh, you guys were able to establish yourselves as the professional uh, in the relationship uh, and show that you had expertise, uh, that you knew what needed to be done. Uh, you were maintaining the property awareness uh, to, to see when uh, items fell into the category of needing to, to have the maintenance uh, on the timeline that you recommended. And, and it could have been a triple win. And the, the yeah. crazy part about that story is that if it had been a triple win, no one would have known that it was a triple win right. uh, because triple winning in property awareness is all about the things that don't happen. It's mm. the stories that you don't get to tell, right? Absolutely. You, you proactively maintain uh, the property. Uh, but as it were, I, I, I would call this a single. Uh, I would call mm -hmm. because you guys came away looking so professional uh, to your client. And with a story to tell that that changes the dynamic uh, that you're able to use in all your future uh, engagements. Um, so what what now ha have you had a water heater fail since then or, or have you been able to to maintain it and, and keep away from that uh, with with the policies that you put in place? Um, I will say it's fewer and far between um, because of the preventative nature of of going ahead and proactively replacing and most of our owners listening to it. The ones that have happened, we actually had one happen very recently, just a couple of weeks ago, um, was a brand new property that we took on. And um, and we had not looked at the water heater label yet. Honestly, that's really what it was. We just hadn't looked at it yet. And um, and it it failed right as the tenants, the new tenants were moving in. Flooded Beautiful. the entire floor. As, yeah. as it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good old Murphy coming into effect there. But I mean, that was just a, you know, and so now that's part of our onboarding is, okay, we we missed this. We didn't look at it. it when we took on the property. We need to make sure that that's a part of our checklist, our onboarding checklist whenever we take on a new property is to take a look at the water heater label. So I know, and, and this has been a passion uh, of your dad's for y'all who don't know, uh, Michael McCreary uh, is, is Bess's dad uh, and, and just one of the, the, the brightest and, and best guys in the industry. But uh, I, I know like water heaters has been a passion of his, like that's like, you know, but what other things do you guys look for in terms of the proactive property awareness? Uh, I, I know water heaters is a thing, mm -hmm. but what else do you look at and go back with recommendations uh, when you get eyes on the property, are there are there other items that you're you're similarly proactive with? Yeah, so I mean, with pretty much any appliance in the home, we're looking at okay, what what age, what's the current condition of it? Um, are some of the uh, are we seeing more maintenance requests coming in for certain things? Um, and if that's the case, then how can we proactively prevent this from becoming a much larger issue? Um, and then uh, one thing that we are looking at on the exterior is we're looking at the condition of as best as we can see it, obviously from the ground is the roof and, um, and gutters. Those are, th and like the fascia and soffit is, those are things that tenants aren't going to be looking at. 
Um, so we want to make sure we're keeping an eye on it. And if we start to see some wood rot forming um, or some of the gutters pulling away from the house or rusting in any way, shape or form, we go ahead and proactively get that taken care of be before it becomes a major water issue inside the house. Got it. So, well, Bess, thanks so much for coming and, and sharing your story. Uh, always appreciate hearing from you and seeing you because can you guys just give Bess a, a little love on, on her way out and, uh, and thank her for, for being here. Bess, thank always you so, so much for having you. me. Thank you for being here. Well, my next guest uh, is uh, a gentleman that uh, I just have such a tremendous amount of respect for uh, and, and one of the, the best and nicest guys uh, in the industry, somebody that I just absolutely love spending time with. Uh, he is the owner of Welch Randall Property Management in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, he manages around 400 single family doors and just over 4,000 HOA units. So let's just go ahead and, and stop and say a little prayer. And if you have any uh, leftover antidepressants or anxiety meds, if you can go ahead and, and get those packaged up to send out at the conclusion of this event. Uh, uh, former NARPM Utah chapter president uh, and uh, current chair for the Utah Apartment Association. Uh, a trail runner, a marathoner, a lover of all things travel, and I can tell you, uh, a terrible wordler. Uh, Brad and I are in a Wordle Golf League uh, together, and uh, Brad, you, you make me feel good about myself uh, watching watching you Wordle, and I appreciate that about you. Uh, but uh, let me uh, let me welcome Brad Randall. You guys uh, give give Brad some some love as he he comes to the stage. Well, Brad, thanks for uh, for being here. Um, now you're in Utah now. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. so we're just we're waiting. We're waiting for a couple inches of snow tonight. Now, have you you guys have had your first snow of the year, right? Like how how many snows have you had so far? So the the resorts have a base of right around fifty to sixty inches right now. So it's a good it's a good start to the season, which we need. Anybody nice. out west knows. Uh, all of us out west need water, so. Wolf is is nodding. He gets it. If you live west of the Mississippi, any water is good water for us right now. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of our, our guests here I see are, are from Texas. Can you explain to them what snow is? I'm just kidding. Uh, so, um, well, you had a story uh, that really is a, a true triple win. And uh, yours is unique in that it, it started as a double win. Uh, but because of, of your proactive property management, you turned it, uh, you stretched a, a, a double into a triple. Uh, and that's what Brad Randall does. Uh, so you had a move out report that exposed an, an unpleasant surprise. Uh, tell us, tell us about that story. Yeah. Thanks you so much for, for letting me share and appreciate all you do, Phil and the tri uh, triple win team. So we had a move out in June of this year, and we had been in this single family home about 3,000 square feet. We had been in the home just under three months prior to the move out. So the the last walkthrough happened three months you know, later, the tenant has moved out. They provided their notice, everything like that. And when we went into the property, there was like cans of paint, splattered on the walls. The carpet was missing in a bunch of the rooms. I mean, it looked nothing like our last quarterly walkthrough. And to the point where it was like tens of thousands, it was a lot of money to, to like get this thing back. And it was an owner that has multiple properties with us. And the hard thing for us initially was 
we had followed our checklist that we had with regards to getting in the property and seeing it. The tenant had provided notice, but the tenant had let somebody without us knowing the last month move in. And it's this person that caused all the damage. So does that happen in this industry? I wasn't aware that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's none of you can relate, I'm sure, because we've never had an experience like that. But it was just it was one of those move outs like we all have periodically that it's just like that nightmare scenario where and of course, it happens to one of your best owners, you know, that you're like, oh, I hate giving this type of news to this owner. So you had to deliver that news. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about how that conversation went. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't beat around the bush with it. We just said, you know, we're, we're going to upload a report to your software portal. We want you to see what's happening. And we want you to, to know what the next steps are that we're doing. You know, A, this is what we're going to do to try to get it rent ready as quick as possible. B, this is what we recommend as far as going after the tenant. Um, and see, you know, what questions do you have for us? So, and he was very understanding overall. He was frustrated at first, but we gave him, you know, all the details that I just provided plus the report so that he could know. And, uh, and that's kind of where the process started of how we could turn this into a triple win. That's beautiful. So now you, you, you talk about turning it into a triple win. Uh, and that this, this is a hard thing to do. How, how do tenants win uh, in, in terms of a triple win? But you did that through a policy shift uh, that not only provided a win for you and for the landlord, uh, but also for the tenants. Tell us a little bit about how you changed things as a result of this situation and how that has, has been a, a win for all three entities. Yeah. So I feel like all of us get into scenarios where you're in a cluster of something that's happened and it causes you to kind of like rethink. It's like, okay, is there something that we could have been more proactive on? Is there a way we could do this differently? Because now the, the biggest thing that we were hurting at the time is it was getting contractors in. And I don't think I'm alone in that. You know, if you have a move out that you don't really know what it's gonna look like and you get in there and instead of cleaning carpets and handyman, you suddenly have like six other contractors that you've got to get. It was a lot of headaches. So at our next team meeting, um, about a week later, we kind of just like dumped all this information out. And we said, what do we want to change? And the policy that changed that has just been awesome is in our new tenant procedures. Now, when they sign a lease with us, they pay a lease initiation fee and in that lease initiation fee, we have added what's called the, the move out pre-assessment. And so what we do now is when they give their 30-day notice, we have someone go over and do a, a not a full walkthrough, but basically a 30-minute walkthrough. And they indicate the main things that would be deemed on a security deposit walkthrough after. And then we have our tenants acknowledge that the walkthrough happened. So the tenant has to acknowledge that we have given them forewarning, but also now what we're finding is we're able to see in advance if there's big stuff coming ahead. So if you are struggling to get contractors out with because of timing, we can start to schedule contractors a month out to try to decrease the vacancy time in between. And so 
how we feel this has turned into a triple win is a for the owner they love they love the fact that we're getting in sooner they love the fact that we're being proactive because it's decreasing the time in between it's increasing their cash flow and this is where it's a win for us is because when they win on all of those it like we win as well you know it it saves us time everything like that now if you can't charge for this i still think it's worth it and there was a question that came in that says when do you charge for this and we do it in our lease initiation but I still think it's worthwhile doing because we lost almost 20 days waiting for vendors to because they were on top of each other. And it is worth your time to spend half an hour to get an on-site pro or one of your team members out to do a quick assessment. And, and where it's a triple win for the tenant is our phrasing with the tenant is, we want you to get the most deposit back as possible. And so in order to do that, we want to show you the types of things that we're going to, uh, you know, that we're go going to be looking for when we come through. And they acknowledge that. And they've actually been super appreciative of the fact that we are doing this and, and it could help them get their deposit back faster and in more, um, you know, with greater money. So that's how it's been a triple win for us. I love this story, Brad. I love the way that uh, you were able to leverage uh, this. And, and in your original story, you know, you, you, you told us about uh, how the, the owner, you know, came back and it, it became a win for you because they recognized that you had done your due diligence. And so you, there was a barrier there for you because you had maintained property awareness and you had just been out there a few months prior uh, and they knew you had done your job. Uh, and you were also able to hold the tenant accountable, which uh, tell us how that's going. What 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 is it looking like in terms of being able to go after uh, the tenant for damages? What what what's that process? I'll, I'll say this: it's looking better in Utah than it does in California. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, the, I'm seeing in the, the chat there are some line, folks who are jealous the of the Utah is, abilities we, here. We cannot. We're not Idaho. Idaho and Wyoming. It's like bring a gun and they'll figure it out. <laughs> but but Utah, we do have like more tenant or landlord friendly laws. But right now we're garnishing wages to, to have this paid back. So it's not happening immediately, but the owner is being paid back over time. And, and for the owner, you know, he just, he got it rented and everything, but the next time we don't have to lose that, those same number of days. Cause as all of us know, days on the market kills everybody. It just hurts everybody. And so for us, the win, the biggest win for us is decreasing the days um, on the market because that's, that's a KPI that we can go to an owner and say, this policy change has decreased our time on the market this percent or whatever. And that's a big deal for us. Yeah, well, that, that's maybe what I love uh, most about, about this story and, and just about you as a property manager is a lot of, a lot of folks would would look at it and go, okay, well, we didn't get hit with anything. The, the, the property owner was satisfied that we had done our due diligence. And so we're okay. Uh, we, we're doing what we need to do, uh, but not Brad Randall. Brad Randall looks at it and goes, okay, we got off without getting, getting hit uh, or, or getting fussed at by a, a landlord, but how can we still become more proactive? How can we change a policy? How can we take what we learned from this uh, and be even more proactive? Uh, I love that. Uh, love you and appreciate uh, who you are and the way that you uh, represent this industry. Uh, 
Uh, and you you just are a terrific guy and a terrific property manager. Thanks so much for, for coming and, and sharing your story with us, Brad. Thanks for spending time. Much love to everybody. Always good to see you, my friend. So, uh, man, I love to hear those kinds of stories uh, about that level of, of professionalism in this industry. Uh, and just the way that uh, that people like Brad are are raising the bar uh, for all of us, uh, not just as property managers, just as entrepreneurs uh, and and people who are trying to do good things in the business and not being satisfied with good enough, uh, but uh, but really taking that next step uh, to go. Well, we've got a double win here. How can this become a triple win? Uh, how can we make this better for everyone in the process? Uh, I love that. Um, so, well, I have, I have one final guest, uh, before we, uh, open it up and, and get to, uh, some time, uh, that I want to hear your stories as well. Uh, but, uh, I want to next bring up my friend, uh, Joni Wolfswinkle and Joni is the owner of two RPM real property management franchises. Uh, she is the owner of a turnkey construction company, uh, a virtual addition, uh, assistant supplier firm. Uh, she manages over 1,700 units in the Houston, Texas, and the Albuquerque, New Mexico markets. Uh, the author of a recent book called The Choice is Yours, Balancing Success as a Wife, Mom, and Entrepreneur, co-host of a popular podcast with her husband called Inside the Wolf's Den. Uh, her, her property management company uh, was just uh, featured uh, as, uh, as the, the franchise of the year uh, for their outstanding business practices. Uh, beating out 400 other franchise owners in North America. Um, she was named Woman of Influence by Housing Wire magazine. She is also a former wrestler, bodybuilder, and a green thumb gardener. Uh, so the trivia that you don't know about uh, Joni Wolfswinkle, if you don't know Joni Wolfswinkle, you will, uh, because this gal right here is doing some great things and making some waves. Joni, it exhausts me to read about the things that you're doing. How in the world are you surviving day to day uh, with all of these things on your plate? Honestly, I think everybody on this call can say a great team, right? Nothing can happen without a great team. So it's not me guys, it's my team that actually does all this. And I get to hear all the stories and kind of help them through it. And poor Phil, he's probably like, man, Joni's giving me like 10 million stories. Okay, you need to stop now. <laughs> no, I love it. Joni, Joni had these stories and she's like, why don't you take this and narrow it down to the best one or two? And I was like, no, I want them all uh, because they were such good stories. And um, so we, we did narrow it down uh, to three uh, to, j just for the sake of, of time. But what I love about it is, and, and, and Joni, you're a, a baseball fan, a big, big Astros, Astros. fan, right? Astros. Uh, so Today, uh, Joni, Joni is going to, uh, to hit the property awareness cycle uh, with a single win, a double win, and a triple win. Uh, and let, let's start with a single win. Uh, you encountered a situation uh, recently where you proactively discovered uh, a lease violation uh, that potentially shielded your investor and yourself from, from significant liability. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it actually turned into a triple win. That was the newest thing this week. So tell you. Oh, you can't that. start changing the game on me now. No, this was but... supposed to be the single, Jenny. Uh... <laughs> I know. However, it's good at the end. So it actually started with a periodic inspection with on-site pros. Um, showed up to the property. The tenant answered the door, was surprised that we were there. She had no idea we were going to be inspecting the property. 
Um, and, and in fact, your guy thought that we were at the wrong house. So he's looking to make sure that we're at the right property. Just and to be clear, we scheduled with someone. I don't know that it was her, but we scheduled with someone. It was not her. Was the, Yeah. And so um, bottom line, they were actually using the property as an Airbnb property. And so um, the tenant, when we, we got to the property, the tenant was just upset at the her landlord, which was the, you know, the tenant on the lease, um, just cussing him out, saying that he's not doing any repairs and that she's tried calling him. And, and I think he was charging her like 5000 a month. I mean, this is a property that's probably, you know, 1300 a month, right? And so quickly, your guy was like, all right, I'm just going to take my notes and be out of here and you know, he kind of, um, he called our office. And so we investigated it. Sure enough, it's on an Airbnb site. And so we, um, I went ahead and actually called the tenant and said, hey, look, like you're in violation. Um, you know, we need, you need to surrender this lease, basically. I kind of threatened him a little bit. He was also an agent. I found that out. So I kind of, I kind of threatened him a little bit. I love that. I kind and of so, threatened him a little bit. Yeah. And so, so it, it, it went on a few days and finally he's like, look, okay, I'll give you back the property. And so he did um, give us back the property. And then I actually called the tenant, the, uh, the one that was leasing Airbnb. And I kind of told her what was going on, apologized to her. And I said, but look, we would love to lease to you if you like the property you want to stay. And she's like, you know what? Like, I'm here for the long road, so I, I would like to stay. And so did her credit check, background check, all that turns out great. And we end up leasing the property to her. So, um, yeah. So, it, And now we know the Paul Harvey rest of the story. That's yes. beautiful. So yeah. that th this ended up, you know, property awareness ended up protecting the landlord, the property manager, and got you an awesome new tenant. Uh, who is legally there as opposed to to being a, on a sublease. Uh, that, that's terrific. Yep. And owner was happy because we were proactive with it. And, you know, didn't, we didn't have to file eviction and go through that whole process. So, yeah, every, everybody was happy. Well, you completely rent, uh, rendered useless my single, double, triple. Uh, I know, motif. sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> but what a great triple win. Uh, I love that. And and you pulled a Brad Randall and and, and took a, a single and stretched it into a triple. That's uh, that's yeah. that's pretty strong right there. So, um, well, let's talk about your double. Uh, okay. All right. So you, you had a, a double win uh, where getting eyes on the property prevented a tenant from being able to fee feed you and the homeowner with uh, with some bull. Uh, a, a pit bull, to be literally, exact. Uh, tell us the story. Yes. Not literally uh, trying to feed you a pit bull. That That's not right. But uh, yeah, tell us the story. Yeah. So leased the property to a tenant. Um, of course, they had no pets, nothing on their application, all that. They signed the pet um, addendum with pet screen, all that good stuff. Right. And then a couple of months go down and the HOA calls us and says, Hey, by the way, um, I'm getting a lot of complaints from neighbors of your rental property stating that there are three pit bulls roaming around in the neighborhood um, and they're scaring the children and you need you need to know. I'm like, OK, well, let me investigate this first and then we, we, we will go from there. So looked at the application, no pets, nothing like that. And so um we did a periodic inspection and sure enough we get to the door we hear a bunch of dogs barking and actually the tenant opened the door and um, he actually allowed us to go in the property he I made sure that obviously the the pets were up right um went inside and I mean it, he had only been there a couple of months so there was not a whole lot of damages I think there's some scratches on the door that kind of thing but um 
Um, after that, we sent him um, a notice to go ahead and remove the pets. He did not want to do that. And so uh, we ended up filing eviction on him. And so went to court, got him evicted. And um, funny story, the judge was, so when he went to court, though, he told the judge that he, he pulled the emotional support animal on that, saying that they were for his emotional support. My husband actually went because who court. doesn't need three pit bulls yeah, for emotional exactly. support? I well, mean, that's that's some big emotional support right there. What was funny is that so my husband actually went to court on that one, and when he's telling the story to the judge, um, he says, "Well, Your Honor, if if he really needed them, why aren't they in the courtroom today?" <laughs> and touche, Sean. This is in Texas. Only happens in Texas. He's like, he turns to him and he says, "Well, I would have." shot them myself that basically what he said i'm like oh my god anyway he ended up getting the tenant got evicted so um bottom line the every the owner was happy we got the property back and prevented it from biting a child maybe or mm. you know also uh damaging the property so yeah no i love it so all right. Well, and let's let's get to your triple. And this is this is a a, a good triple. And you know, none of these stories uh, are from any of our guests. Uh, are these big? Oh my gosh! Uh, I can't believe this happened. Like that's not the nature of winning with property awareness. Uh, yeah. It's not the shock value that happens with uh, a, a property management failure. Uh, it's it, it's the small things that have such big impacts and consequences. And it's it's the shock value stories that you don't get to tell. Uh, that happened as a result of great property awareness. So uh, you, you had another another story where an equipment malfunction uh, resulted in uh, unreported maintenance that posed a danger to uh, the tenant and a liability to you and the investor. Tell us tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah. So um, on this uh, situation, so it actually um, was also uh, discovered on a periodic inspection and. In fact, the tenant ran into the garage door. And so when our inspector got there, I mean, it, the the garage door was pretty much bashed in, you know, it was pretty much just hanging there. Um, and really, I think the tenant was just scared, number one, that they might get evicted for it. And also they didn't have any money to repair it. So they didn't report it. Um, and so we quickly got on that, uh, went ahead and replaced it, of course, charged it to the tenant. And we helped the tenant with that as well. They couldn't pay it all at once. So we did a payment plan with them. So that way, get them back on their feet. And um, and potentially it saved some liability as well. If that garage door would have fell on, you know, the tenant or their children, that could have been an issue. Yeah, that that can be a real big problem. Uh, and, and for, you know, water ingress and I mean, all kinds of things that can cause damage to the property and damage to the tenant's belongings and long-term issues that have to be remedied. Um, yeah, that can, that can be a really, really bad situation. Yeah. So good deal. Well, Joni, thanks so much, uh, for, for being here. I know, um, you've got a billion things on your plate. Uh, thanks for, for taking time. Let's, uh, let's give Joni uh, a hand and, uh, appreciate Thank her. Joni, thanks so much here, for Bill. all you do. You bet. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, Thanks to uh, all three of our guests, uh, terrific people, terrific property managers, uh, people that that you should get to know uh, and learn from. Uh, but this isn't meant to be uh, a one-way conversation. Uh, this is meant to be an interactive podcast. Uh, and I see some uh, great property managers in this room who I, I know have uh, some incredible stories of your own, uh, or, or maybe you have questions uh, and, and things that you want to, to run by me, or even 
uh, lessons learned and, and suggestions for, for best practices that you would be uh, willing to share with the group. Uh, so at this point, we're we're gonna we're gonna pull the chestnuts out of the fire and just go to a, a roundtable conversation uh, and and go out of spotlight view and 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 pull it into the to the community uh, because this is the time that we just want to open up the floor for stories, for questions, for ideas, for suggestions, for best practices. What say you, Triple Win Live podcast attendees? What you got? We'll bring up Pal first. And then we'll bring up Sam. Let's do it. You know, it's um, listening to Bess about um, uh, the water heaters. You know, there's no triple win, single, double, or or single. It's more about just doing the preventative stuff. And like you said earlier, Phil, you never know um, when you've helped somebody out by telling them these things. But and I think a lot of us, like Brad's example, you learn. You learn by mistakes, you learn by experience. So now we've gotten to the point that we have annual gutter cleaning. We have chimney flue cleaning every three years. We do dryer vent cleaning because there's such a big cause of, of f- house fires every three years. And, and one that um, I know a lot because we also offered insurance product to the landlords and I shopped and compared a lot of them. I don't know if it's helped anybody, but I'm always reminding them that almost all of their insurance policies take your roof from full replacement value, what's called RCV, to ACV, actual cost value, when they get to 15 years. So, you know, most people don't, I've learned over time, most people, if you offer them something, they don't tend to take it. They don't respond. If you say, we're doing this unless you opt out then it happens all the time, you know? And so it's like, it's like that in the gutter cleaning. I mean, how many times did we offer people, do we, would you like your gutters clean? No, you know, nobody responds to, you know, and then you go ahead and say, we're cleaning your gutters unless you respond. Guess what? We clean 95% of them. Um, But the same thing here, we recommend each year, you know, if your roof's 15, getting close to 15 years, do you want a roof inspection? We tell them what the insurance consequence is you know, two people say, yeah, look at my roof. But, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things you could have a real win when you catch them for somebody. Love that. And uh, golly, there there are a few people in this industry who pay as close attention to things as as Tal Kramer. Uh, Tal, you do uh, a tremendous job uh, with with not only property awareness, but your, your policies and procedures surrounding that. Love Love watching the way you manage properties. I love to learn, and there's a lot of great people in this uh, industry. Good stuff, Sam. You said you had something. I got a couple quick ones. Um, we're yes. in the Northeast, and uh, we have a lot of oil furnaces, and so that's one that we like to do preventively is to service a furnace because you know when there's more load on it because it's really cold is when the furnace finally doesn't isn't able to keep up, and so then you're preventing an emergency maintenance call. A lot of times, all they're going to do is get it started again. You still have some other issue. It's either cl- not clean or you need something else. So trying to, what we do is uh, about October or November, we uh, send out a message asking everyone to turn on their heating systems, make sure they're working. Of course, not everyone does that, but at least we can try to get some kind of going before it does really get cold. So that's one thing that we do. That's, I think, um, you know, maybe it's a double 
Uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, which uh, happens to us, it's happened to me a couple times, um, and this goes back to kind of what Brad talks about with some preventative maintenance. Uh, a lot of our, um, we have a lot of sewer systems um, and sewer lines. And what we know for some reason is that when we have drought, persistent drought for four months to five months to six months, uh, we seem to have situations where now roots from trees are starting to find, look for water and they actually go into the sewer lines and they actually clog it up. And then you can have a really bad backup at no fault of the tenant. It's not flushable wipes in this one instance, right? And, uh, and so what we're trying to do now is every two years, pretty much whether we feel like we should or not, we preventively rooter it. We get a report to say whether or not there was actually any roots that were taken out while you were doing it. And then we found that to, we're gonna implement that. So I have a reminder on it to make a list of the ones that we need to worry about and then to do it every two years or so. Because, you know, if you can pre preemptively rooter it for 300 bucks, as opposed to a full backup, which needs, you know, remediation of the gray water or black water, like it's, it's thousands. So that's one that we're also doing that's, you know, preventative. Um, and so those are the ones that I wanted to share. That's great stuff. Really great stuff. Uh, yeah, Tal says flushable wipes is an oxymoron uh, <laughs> with emphasis yeah. on moron. I, uh, I wonder on that one if we can all collectively sue the flushable wipes companies because there should be a lawsuit on that one. Even the municipalities don't like them ultimately. So they're clogging up all sorts of pumping systems. Yeah. So uh, in the chat, uh, Brad Randall has asked if anyone has a great preventative maintenance checklist uh, that they love for uh, things like uh, both Tal and uh, Sam are, are talking about. So if anybody's got that uh, put in the chat or uh, maybe we can can crowdsource that uh, a little bit. But uh, Aaron Jordan, it just makes me happy to see you here. What do you got, Karen? Talking about uh plumbing and sewer lines along the lines of SAM. We started doing upon move outs or in between vacancies, we started doing a um, plumbing check. So the plumber goes in and does a full on plumbing. So at this point we can under, we can find out if there's any types of clogs in the drain. So has a tenant moved out? Do they leave a bunch of hair that they shouldn't have? We can charge for that. And we also now know that when the new family moves in, all the plumbing has been checked. So if I get a call later on saying, hey, this is clogged, well, I have certainty that it was not given to you in that condition. So that's been a really, really good thing for us. Um, and that's in between vacancies. That's terrific. That's terrific. And they let you do that in California too, huh? Uh, yeah, I got away with that one. <laughs> you know what I don't have in California? I don't have you. Uh, we're trying. We're I trying. Know. We're I got, working I gotta on ask that. every time. I promise. I promise. We're working on that. That's uh, that's that that's coming. That's coming. So uh, no timeline, but we're working towards that. But uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I, while we wait for for anyone else to to pipe in, I'll I'll share a couple of quick things. Um, one of the great ways uh, to be proactive with property awareness uh, is with smoke alarms. And one of the guests that, uh, I hoped to have here today, and he had to, to, to back out, uh, because of, uh, some things that happened that he had to attend to, uh, but was a, a guy named, uh, Mike Brock in Pensacola, Florida. And, and I sent you a picture. I don't know if you have it, that you could, could bring it up, uh, Laura Mack, but, um, 
we actually went and did a, a periodic report for uh, for Mike. And one of the things that that we always check, and I would recommend that you guys check when when you go to the properties, is uh, the manufacture date of smoke alarms, uh, so that you know, you know, a ten year old alarm is considered expired uh, and uh, is a significant liability for uh, you and the owner. Uh, Laura, did you get that photo? Do I have that there? But uh, I am I wanna, pulling it up right now. Yep. Want want to show you guys a uh, a photo uh, that that of an alarm that we found uh, at one of Mike's properties uh, the first time that we we ever visited it, uh, and I'll spoil the punchline. It was it was from 1976. Um, that alarm was born before I was. Uh, the remarkable thing is. We always test with smoke in a can. We spray the smoke. Uh, yeah, there it is. January of 1976 uh, is is when uh, that was that was back before they shortened manufactured from MFGR to just MFG. Uh, that's how old that alarm is. Uh, but um, we sprayed it with smoke in a can. It still worked, uh, which is the uh, the old they don't make them like they used to uh, adage, I think, but uh, still functional. Uh, but quite a liability. Uh, but testing those smoke alarms, uh, checking the manufacturer's dates, uh, those are great ways that you can be the professional and uh, keep people uh, out of the soup uh, without them even realizing that, that that's something that they need from you. Uh, and you get to be the professional and educate them. And I see Jim with his hand up, which just makes me smile uh, because I see a little silhouette of a man. Jim, you have the floor. But something to kind of piggyback what you were just talking about, we use another company. He's a vendor with NARPUM. Uh, used to be called Mr. Reiki. Now I think it's called Reiki America or something to that effect. Where the triple wind comes in, in Texas, we are required to Reiki a property in between tenancy. Uh, and that's at a landlord's expense. And the other time we Reiki, if it's because of a tenant negligence, then it's the tenant expense. But when they go in there to do the Reiki, we, we follow a process. Number one, the rekey and by Texas law has to be done within seven days of occupancy. It can be done beforehand. However, what we do is we set it up to where they make an appointment with the new tenant. And the reason we do that is that way the tenant is present. First of all, so they can get the keys. Number two, they see that it's actually being done, not having to take somebody's word for it, that it's been done. And then while they are out there, they the key company goes through and they have several things that they do. They go through the property to make sure it's all updated as per our Texas property code, which means there has to be keyless locking devices on each exterior door. There has to be some type of a viewing portal on each exterior door. Uh, that doesn't mean just because there's a side window on a front door does not necessarily meet the criteria. It has to be very clear and you can see the full porch. Uh, they go through and they check all of the smoke alarms and the CO alarms. If the smoke alarms, we have it in our policy, if the smoke alarm is eight years of age or older, they are automatically re replaced. I know the law is 10 years, but heck, we got tenants that are going to be, most of our tenants are staying in properties now for four or five years. So that's why we do the eight year mark. Uh, if there's not a CO detector, while it's not required by law in most of the areas we manage, we still put it in because as I tell the owners, it's very inexpensive insurance. May as well have the CO alarm. Uh, it's gonna cost you a couple of bucks, but it's a lot cheaper than getting your name on the headline of tomorrow's paper. Uh, and so, and they, you know, so they go through and they check all that stuff and they will even go through and just check the filters for us, the AC filter to confirm 
that we have the correct filter sizes for our filter program. So these are all things that we do that are benefit to everybody involved. Uh, and it's a nominal expense to get it all taken care of. Love that. And that is uh, one of the great uh, things that you can do from a preventative maintenance standpoint is, uh, is, is check those filters. And Sam uh, put in the chat uh, a, a great piece of feedback, and, and I completely agree, uh, is when you have the opportunity, change those, those uh, smoke alarms to the 10-year uh, tamper-proof that have the, the lithium-ion batteries. Uh, it's amazing to me how many times we find a battery or an alarm that has no battery, not a dead battery, but no battery, and the tenant's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's in my remote control over here because uh, their remote died. And they were like, I'd rather have a remote control than a working smoke alarm. Uh, so uh, switching to those 10-year lithium-ion uh, is, a, is a really good, uh, good practice uh, to go down that path. Um, so uh, to, to Jim's uh, point, uh, I'll tell one more story. Uh, Mark Ennis, who was here earlier, uh, actually went to a house and we always check the air filters when we're at the house, uh, which is something I highly recommend that you guys get eyes on the property uh, and and use second nature, of course, but make sure that the tenant is actually changing them. Make sure that they're putting them in. Uh, and Mark got to a house one time and uh, he asked the tenant, he said, hey, uh, where where is your air filter? And the tenant said, oh, I, I don't know. And he said, oh, uh, does your property manager come change it for you? Or he's like, I don't think so. And he said, well, how long have you lived here? I said, seven years. Seven years that filter hadn't been changed. It was just the cardboard around the edge. Uh, and uh, man, when, you, when you're when you not, uh, now the amazing thing is that the, the heat and air was still working. Uh, so whatever, whatever that was, uh, I want one of those in my house. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting those eyes on the property and just doing those little things like making sure that that uh, air filters are being changed effectively. And they're, you know, it has the current date on them as, as printed by, by second nature, right? Uh, that they're, they're abiding by, by what is, is being provided for them uh, and, and periodically getting eyes on the property to, to verify that. Tr trust, but verify, right? Uh, isn't, isn't that the thing? But um, very good. Um, <laughs> Laura Max said she has no idea, had no idea that you actually supposed to change the air filter before she started working at Second Nature. Uh, that's amazing to me. Uh, but, but I mean, this is the, this is the, I mean, these are the tenants that live in our houses, and and they don't all know. I mean, it, it's just part of it. Uh, and so those are those are great uh, best practices. So, well, thanks again so much uh, to our guests today. Uh, thanks to all of you who contributed and share stories and shared ideas and best practices. Thanks so much to Second Nature for, for having me uh, as, a, as a guest celebrity host. Uh, it has been a, a pleasure to be with you guys today. I hope you're able to take some things from it uh, and, and be inspired to go and do great things and, and proactively manage your properties and, and get some of those triple wins through proactive uh, property awareness. I'll, uh, I'll turn it back over to you, Laura. You're a master. Phil, thank you so much for your time and your energy and just the great vibes that you and all of the amazing guests that you brought in to share their stories brought in. It was a phenomenal hour. It went by way too fast. I can't believe that was 60 minutes. Thank you all for your time. That's all for today's Triple Win Property Management Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your life with us. We do not take it for granted. I also want to give a shout out to Carol Housel for everything she and our team does to make these possible. 
It's crazy to think about over 5,000 professional property managers have pressed play on episodes in season one and season two now. And we really want to encourage you to keep giving feedback because more and more people are listening. It's getting better and better and better thanks to everything that you're sharing with us. If you like this enough to listen, want to encourage you to share it with other people. Um, you can give us feedback directly on those social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're hanging out. You can also send us an email at triplewin at secondnature.com. And we just want to give more. We're, we're, there's no sales pitch here. Just want to offer more resources that help you find and stack your next triple win and become a triple win driven property manager. So where can you find that? You can find the private Facebook group. You can find our blog. You can find our newsletter. You can find more resources all at rbp.secondnature.com. Just search for what you're looking for there. And every time we see you, we want to see a better version of you and your business to that end. Keep it going. Feel inspired. Take our encouragement. And we'll see you next time.